Christians, we have really made really bad stuff. And I think we've, and I know why we've made it because I've been the victim of it. You know, I, my first season of Single Anxious, I tried to do a fake kiss. It looks horrible. It looks absolutely horrible. And there's no, unless you're doing tricks from the 1930s, there's no way to really pull it off. And so you have to have conversations with your actors. What are you willing to do and what are you not willing to do? Right. Are you are you OK internally? We've had to have conversations with men, you know, and women. Hold on. She don't want you. That's a character. Right. And so, the, you know, those are conversations that Christians have to have. You know, you have fireproof that at the end they did the little silhouette kiss thing like that. So you make it work. But it's very hard when people get into a character to censor them. You just heard a portion of the insightful and engaging conversation I had with Christina Faith, a filmmaker, producer, and writer based out of Philadelphia. I was so inspired by this conversation. I think you will be too. So grab a notepad or something to take notes and let's get into it. Artists, musicians, and creatives of all kinds. Looking for help balancing your passion to create with your everyday life? Not sure if your faith can coexist with your profession? Welcome to a place where real artists discuss real life. You're listening to The God and Gig Show. Visit GodandGigs.com for show notes, links, and more information. Hello and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for making this show a part of of your creative day. Wherever you're listening, I'm honored and it's a pleasure to bring you this content, this place where I believe you're going to find the inspiration and encouragement you need as a faith-focused creative. If you're new to the show, thank you for giving us a chance. Let me tell you why I think you're in the right place at the right time. You're most likely a creative who wants to build a better life from the inside out by applying timeless spiritual principles to the temporary creative problems that you might be facing. If that's the case, you are in the right place. No, I did not try to rhyme that. That was just a natural thing. So forgive me for that if it sounded cheesy. It was just an accident, a happy accident. So let's get right into what we'll be talking about today. But before we do, I hope you will subscribe to the show if you have not already and make sure you review the show if you've been listening for a while because you're the one that will help the next creative who needs this kind of inspiration, this kind of encouragement from other creatives who know what it's like, who can show them how to navigate through this career while not losing their soul, not losing their sanity, not violating their principles, but still creating work that blesses God, blesses others, and it impacts the culture. If you want that to happen, you got to review the show because podcast listeners generally look to those reviews to decide what they're going to listen to next. And so do the podcast networks. So it's not selfish for me to ask you to review it. It's more me asking you to help us to reach more creatives just like you. So take a couple of minutes after this podcast, tap that review button on whichever app you're using, and I guarantee you, you'll feel better at the end of that little process. Okay, now let's get right to our interview today. I am so impressed and so excited to share this woman's story with you. Her insights were incredible. I'm talking about Christina Faith. I've been following her for years via Twitter and Facebook and just kind of trying to keep up with her because she is the definition of a go-getter. Let me tell you just a little bit about her and she'll explain more when she starts to tell you her story. Christina Faith is a filmmaker. She's a producer, a writer, and director. She's an all-around creative 
and she's the founder of Creative Thought Media, a full-service creative agency, as well as a podcaster, author, and educator. Raised in New Jersey, but she's now making her home base in Philadelphia, she has produced highly acclaimed and popular web series films like Single and Anxious, which is now available on Amazon and other networks. And now she's produced her first full-length feature film called Love You Right. She's unapologetic about her faith, yet she always leads and creates from a spirit of excellence. And she wants her message to be heard through the art rather than hitting her viewers over the head with the morals and the principles. She lets the art do the talking. So you're going to hear this episode. You're going to hear how she approaches all of her projects. So many projects she's involved in, but she always approaches it with confidence in what she can share and who she is and who she's trying to reach. So if you're struggling with a lot of ideas, with a lot of things that you think you can do, but you're not sure how to do them all, listen to this podcast and you'll hear somebody who has mastered the art of starting no matter what and learning on the fly. She likes to say she went to Google and YouTube University to get her master's in fine arts. And I believe she is a master of many, if not all of these areas that she has explored and now is producing in. Okay, so I'm going to get right out of the way and let you listen to this incredible discussion with Christina Faith. Here we go. Christina Faith, welcome to the God and Geek Show. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been, like I said, a few years I've been following you. Uh, and I feel like I know uh, a little bit about you just because you are prolific. Like you have been sharing so much great stuff. And then I started to peel off the layers this morning when I started doing my my my, my recon on you, my little stalker thing. I did not realize you have two podcasts, a feature film, a uh, uh obviously an album, a soundtrack going with that film and uh-huh. all this stuff out at the same time. So I guess the first yeah. question, which, you, you know, I promise I'm not saying, not alluding to anything. How do you not go crazy with all this stuff going on? Oh no, I don't do crazy. Um, I think I, I'm a, compar- uh, I compare, well, thank you. First of all, for having me on the show prolific, it's an honor, uh, but that's only by the grace of God that I look prolific. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, um, I've had a lot of help. I think that's the number one thing, right? Um, I've been able to, uh, raise up creatives as well as assist other creatives in getting further through the opportunities that I provide. Um, but I'm, I'm just a community person. And so, uh, some things, for example, the two podcasts. I was not supposed to have two podcasts out at the same time. Um, it just happened uh, like that because of all things going on. Uh, one was planned, one was not. And yeah, so with the movie, you know, you're playing your role out. And so that's kind of a lot you know, a lot of it. I don't go crazy. I do have a full-time job, um, but I have, I'm very, I have very flexible life, right? everything in my life is flexible. And if it's not flexible, it probably doesn't suit me. And so I've just learned, you know, how to, how to best utilize my time. Okay. Well, I definitely want to sit at your feet and learn how to manage that because I am also a multi-creative with lots of different hats and different, oh, there you go. Hats. Look at that. <laughs> just threw that in. little so promo good. for the, exactly. I'm, I'm writing your target audience. There we go. Yeah. So yeah, obviously you're speaking to creatives. So I think obviously we got to go back to the beginning for those who are learning and meeting you for the first time on this podcast, um, mm-hmm. you know, how you got into the creative space, how you got into filmmaking. But um, I think 
throughout the day because I'll be up right right away. I'll tell you, I'm not a I'm not a movie visual person as much. I've obviously been in the music world my entire life. That being said, I am so interested in how this industry works and how you manage to stay active in this industry, both as a Christian, as a believer. And again, I keep mentioning this innovator because I see you as I see you trying things and pushing the envelope on things that maybe other filmmakers and even creatives have not tried and, and doing it and doing it independently, I believe. So I really want to dig into that throughout the day. But let's start first with, you know, the, the, the elevator speech, like what do you do, your company and, you know, how you basically see yourself as a, um, you know, as an entity in this industry? Yeah. So my elevator speech is, uh, I'm a writer, producer, director is what I tell people, but I do a lot more than that. So it it depends on what circle I'm in. Um, if I'm introducing myself, um, my company is creative thought media. I started that in 2008. Um, we started with, we used to do web design and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of services, I uh, wrote my first book, turned it into a play. We also had a, a, a record label, which is how a lot of people discovered me, um, was through Life Music. And we pumped out a lot of we pumped out a lot of a lot of projects all at once. And that's also how I got my feet wet in film. Um, yeah, I just you know I just I just create, and I'm all I am one that that pushes the envelope. Um, there is no easy way to get into this industry. And so a lot of what happens is us just not asking for permission, but saying, hey, we're going to do this. All right, well, let's figure out how to do it is has always been our thing. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I, I've forgotten about the the music piece. So tell me which, if you had to say coming out of, I don't know, let me, let me, let me kind of ask for the history as I asked the question. So what was that first push into the creative space in terms of your um, your upbringing? What was the thing? Was it music? Was it watching a film? Like, what was the first inspiration? I guess that's the question I'm asking. What was your first inspiration that you wanted to be a creative and what area was that in? Yeah, I didn't know I wanted to, Well, okay. So I, I, me and my friends, we I wrote songs for, for a very long time. You know, you know, there was no internet and all that kind of stuff. So you write it for yourself. Um, you know, you pull out the video camera and you 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 enact the songs, you watch music videos and you do the dances. Um, I didn't realize that I was a creative probably until I got to college. OK. Um, I knew that I was an entrepreneur very early. Like I was the kid trading blocks in school, selling candy. Right. Um, but I didn't realize I didn't realize I was a creative probably until I got out of college. Um, when I was in college, I did creative things. I had a radio show. I was really successful. Um, yeah, I put on, I put on step shows and concerts and everyone thought I was in communications, but I was majoring in English and criminology with a minor in, um, uh, I'm sorry, I majored in, um, African studies, Africana studies and, uh, criminal justice. And I minored in English and criminology. Uh, and so everyone thought I was doing communications, though, because of the way that I moved. Uh, I put out mixtapes in college, you know, of other artists. And, you know, I was always doing something creative, but it wasn't necessarily a name for it then. Um, it wasn't until I got out of college and I wanted to be a rapper. Um, okay. and I was really good. I was pretty I, I got pretty good. I had good cadence and things like that, um, that I started to pursue the creative side of life. But even in that, I started to pursue it for myself because, you know, 
back then, $40 an hour, $25 an hour to record, just it just didn't work for me. So I was like, all right, I'll just build a studio. I'll talk to my mom. She's like, yeah, build one in the basement. So I built a studio. So I learned how to engineer. And so as you kind of like keep going on, people then, you know, somebody was like, oh, I see you with the camera. And I had always had a, you know, I think I started shooting on the iPhone type thing. It was like when the iPhone just came out. Um, and I went out and bought a camera. And I shot a music video for my friend. And then I learned how to edit it. And so, yeah, I think that was when I was like, oh, this world exists and I don't have to, I don't have to go to school for it. I didn't go to school for it. Like I was in seminary, get my master's in divinity. And while I was there, a lot of my professors discovered like you have an insatiable desire for media and culture. Um, and that's a thing called ethics. And so they allowed me kind of like to, to form a lot of my thought process and me digging in the word around what does it mean to be a Christian that's in the entertainment business. Um, and so I think early on, I was very, very much more co- very conservative, legalistic in a lot of ways where, you know, I'm listening to only Christian music and stuff like that. But after a while, you start to think, like, why am I doing this? Um, what does the Bible actually say about engaging culture? And so I discovered that a lot of how we Christians attempt to uh, protect ourselves um, is is rejecting the world. Uh completely as though in order to be holy, you have to be completely like you can't engage it, I'll say. Um, And so, yeah, I I discovered, oh my gosh, I'm a creative. And the more you do creativity, the more you realize, oh, the way that I think that I could portray life on screen is not possible because it's going to feel fake. (laughs) Wow. And so, yeah, my, my creative journey has just been like, you know, me feeling led to do something, working on it. And as I'm doing it, getting better and better, but being, you know, I tell people I'm willing to, um, I'm willing to fail in front of you, right? I'm willing to fall forward and keep going. And so everything hasn't always looked amazing and been amazing, but as you keep growing, it gets better. Man, okay. You said a mouthful and I'm going to tell, I, I, I know, so many, that no, happens with not, no, not a bad thing. <laughs> this is a good thing because it gives me so many avenues that I would love to explore right now. So, cause again, exactly like we said before uh, we got on the air, I, I love just put, Throwing out all the things out on the table, like you mentioned, you mentioned the blocks, right? I like throwing all the Legos out and just start building things all over the place. Like I'm not going to build one thing. Yeah. And so what I noticed again, if I can recount it a little bit, the first thing you mentioned, which I think we need to stick a pin in first, is when you said you were. At, well, by the way, you were in college. Uh, where, where was that at? Where, 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 where were you growing up in college? I went to Rutgers in New Brunswick in New Jersey. Gotcha. So you're yeah. in, so you're in New Jersey. I'm kind of picturing it for the for the audience. You're in New Jersey. You're you're in there for. You're in there for a totally different degree, but you mentioned like you just started. I swore I was going to be an entertainment lawyer. Like I got that degree so I could be an entertainment lawyer. Okay, so you still had a counter entertainment sets and everything. You got an entertainment yeah. event though, and and you just start doing yeah. stuff. And what I think what what I'm trying to draw a line to is the mentality it takes. Like I kind of want to almost want to almost want to do a little analysis, a little psychoanalysis. Like, w- did you just have it? Did you just like you know what? I just do stuff. I don't I don't take no for an answer. I'm just gonna try this. I'm gonna start doing these step shows. I'm just gonna try being. I'm gonna do get get my rap skills together. Yeah. Was there ever a point that it was like a f- kind of a wait a minute? This is not not everybody does this. Not everybody just jumps in. So did you ever see that kind of no. dichotomy at all? No, I think I I see that when people look at me. Right. Okay. And they're like, oh, you do a lot or, oh, you're doing this. I, you know, I've always been around my inner circle in general because of the way that 
I guess my family. My family has never really told me no in those kind of ways. Okay. Right. It it they've always nurtured, oh, you're gonna do that? Okay. All right. Like there, you know, I think the one time I was told, you know, you can't, I, my brother told me once you can't change the world and it was like, what? <laughs> like, that doesn't make sense. Right. Um, and so I think for me, I've just always been very, I'm going to try it. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And if it doesn't work, I want to figure out why it didn't work. Um, or if I'm not called to do it right then and there. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I, I still don't realize it. I just do it. I hear you. No, I love that. And again, the reason I wanted to go back, because I'm sure there's people listening. I just got off a coaching call with someone who recently got laid off. And basically she said to the, to the effect, I don't feel she had a failure, a, a fear of failure and a fear of success. Like just the responsibility of saying, you know, what if I try it and it doesn't work? And so I just want to like say to the people who are listening now who may not have your particular bent where you haven't heard no or haven't been scared to take those chances, like to see what you've built over these years, obviously a lot of failures, I'm sure, were in those those stories in these times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they see you now and they're like, oh, she just yeah. she, she's just a go-getter and things just work out for her because she's got that mentality. And I think people have to realize you're willing to see the bumps in the road and go through those potholes. And still come out on top. I think that's 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 the key that they, they need to know that that's part of the process. Yeah. I'm probably I don't I probably I'm afraid of success, probably. Um, in a sense of what it can do to you if you're not, you know, if you're not grounded. Um, am I afraid to fail? I'm not afraid to fail. I'm more afraid of what will happen if I don't try. Mm. Right. Um, Miles Monroe. uh before he passed, he always had this message of the kingdom. But also one of the things that he said was, uh, you know, there are more dreams that are in the great, you know, at a cemetery than anywhere else. And so I've, I've always, I've, I've, I live by a few mantras. I'm redefining the image of a Christian. Um, that's something that I stand by. I am trying to die empty and I want to give other people hope and inspire them to actually try something regardless of what it is. Like, you know, people can tell you no, but that doesn't mean that you can't do it, right? Um, yeah, I just, I have not, I don't care. I'm more afraid to not do something than to do it. Right. No, I love that. And the fact is, again, I think uh, one of the things that we do have to realize, and you mentioned it, that God has put so much in us. Uh, there is a, a quote that I always mis I misquote it because I can't say it exactly right, but basically it says that God mm -hmm. could not make Antonio Stradivari Stradivarius violins without Antonio. Like yeah. he trusts us and you and I with these gifts and these earthen vessels. But the whole point is to get them out, not for them, not to us to be so worried about the container and what people are going to think about us and whether they're going to yeah. judge us. Um, you know, I, I think about we can go scripture there. I think about Paul saying, I don't, I don't even judge myself. You know, I mean, he's like, I'm not concerned about this. I'm not so worried about the exterior, what people think, or even what I, this whole self-analysis thing. I just wanted to get the work done and put out everything I can do to bless God and bless others. And so I mm -hmm. love that attitude that you have. I just noticed that it was very natural for you. And I know for a lot of people, it's not natural. So I wanted to talk to the creatives in the space. It's not. Yeah. Let them know yeah. that it, it's, you, you, you're showing that it's possible. And it, it, if things don't work out, it's okay. You know, the first time. Yeah, I think yeah, I think a part of it is how do you judge success? And another part of it is um are you confident are are you 
are you secure and confident in yourself? Right. Right. I, you know, I was talking to my therapist um, and she was, you know, we were talking about, you know, someone who had an issue working with me. And one of the things she encouraged me was when I onboard people, you have to tell them, like, if you if if you are secure, you'll be great here. If you have insecurities, it's going to show here because when you work with people who are secure and they're just moving, they're not considering like. They're just they're just flowing in who they are with insecurity when you're not flowing in who you are, that can make you feel very uh threatened in a sense, right? And it's not that that person is really threatening you. It's that you see some insecurity in yourself that you haven't addressed. And so I tell people like, if you, if you want to maximize your own potential, grow secure in everything that you are, Yeah. right? If you have a problem looking at your body, intentionally stop and look at the mirror and don't avoid yourself because oftentimes we avoid ourselves. We avoid the, the, the things that God has placed in us because of insecurities, because of our fears. And so, yeah, like, you know, just grow more secure in who God has made you because he's made you. And when he made you, he made you good. Right. And so, yes, we do have evil. We have flaws. We have sin that lives within us. But even in that, he called us good. Um, and you're you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And so if if I, if I when I started to like actually believe that it was like, oh, cool. Yeah. No, this isn't because I'm just good. Like this is because God has just placed some things, some really cool things in me. But he's placed really cool things into everyone yep. to whom much is given, much is required. But everyone has been given a measure of faith. And so how are you working your measure of faith, whether God has given you a whole lot to steward or he was giving you just a little bit to steward? It all is it all matters to the Lord. Absolutely. Oh, I love this. And see, we jumped right in. It's like only 16 minutes into the to the talk. And I already feel <laughs> like this has been gold for people, because, again, I think so much of it is easy to look at the trappings and we're going to talk about the film and we're going to talk about all the all the successes but people need to know the story behind the success behind yeah. you know our inner life success. as creatives is it success? yeah well that well you know what? i'm doing look uh, harm, harmless plug i'm doing a seminar and a masterclass each month on how to achieve massive success as a faith focused creative yeah. but the key is of course the success is just me putting out that little word to remind people that success is not the money and the million likes and the it's it's no. the it's the feeling confident and like you just mentioned feeling secure in who you are and who God made you to be and what he gave you to do is is ultimate success it's to gain the whole not to gain the whole world and lose your soul thing like it's it sounds yeah. cliche until you have to live it and creators yeah. we live it all the time in front of people like i think you just i, I yeah. wish i had written it down i'm going to find it when i re- watch the recording you mentioned something about failing in front of people. You mentioned something about, yeah. I'm not afraid for people to see me fall. But again, yeah. we could stay this whole interview on that part. Like people not mm-hmm. being willing to let people see you visibly handling things, dealing with things, working through things out authentically. That piece, mm-hmm. again, could be a an entire, I mean, basically it's like the entire Bible, the whole New Testament's about that, right? About, <laughs> about how God, you know? So I just love the fact that we, we're sending on that. But I do want to get to some of the mountaintop stuff too. Yeah. Because you are, number one, a filmmaker. Now you talked about being a, a, mu- a musician and a, and a producer, but I want to talk about the film because again, I'm, as I mentioned earlier at the beginning, before we got on air, I'm not a movie person. So I want to first forgive, okay. please forgive me for not watching the single no, anxious series, but I want yeah. you to talk about how you got into the filmmaking specifically because it's so interesting to me because I love, I love the behind the scenes stuff. I love knowing 
this person, all these actors and this and this production and this video was all put together by one person who had a vision and then was able to put all these pieces in place to make this happen on screen. So to me, yeah. I want to like dig into, you know, how number one, you got into the filmmaking and then number two, mm-hmm. what is it like to produce something that, you know, as we'll talk about later is now available on Amazon prime and now has actors and has like seasons so how did you get there? Let's start from just, you know, I know that's a huge question. So for just Single Anxious or the, the film, Love You Right. Let's, single let's, let's, let's so, talk about how you got, yeah, how you started that first film yeah, and how, then we'll talk about the next step. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the first series happened, um, you know, I had, I had worked in services from 2000. I think I started my company in 2008, right? So eight, 2008 to about 2013. Um, I had done services for people, you know, for a living. Um, for about five years, five years I had been doing it. Um, and I just, you know, I was what kind of services, services by the way. Yeah. Just... You know, doing, you know, nonprofit videos and websites okay. and, you know, photos and all the music videos and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I had done that for people for years, but there was such a, uh, there was a desire actually it's longer than that. You know, there was a desire to make narrative film, like write a script. I had never written a script. I had wrote a book. I wrote songs. I had never written a script. And so I was a blogger. And, um, but I just wanted to like, I wanted to tell a story. And so I had went to, yeah, I went to my first, no, I don't know if I, what happened first. Uh, So I just started writing a script. Right. And so I have been working on the book, Single and Anxious, uh, which is available on Amazon. And I was tired of writing the book. I was tired of writing nonfiction. Um, and so I think, you know, a big part of the issue was, all right, I'm tired of writing nonfiction. Um, what's going on? What are we doing here? Um, and so I was like, well, what if I turn these people into characters? Right. And so I, I decided to, to, to make a series. And so I started writing Single and Anxious. So it was the first time writing, never had written before. Didn't really research how to screenwrite and all that kind of stuff. I just wrote, came up with these characters. I made a little lookbook. You know, you see pictures of people online doing things. I had, you know, taking screenshots of people on set and stuff like that, just trying to learn. And um, then I, I casted, I got some people together. We did table reads and I shot like three episodes in okay, a weekend. Okay, wait, wait, wait. See, this, uh, the doer in you, yeah. the doer in you is making I this sound like doing. it's no big deal. And I'm like, I how did you doing. get all the way? Like, first, let me back up. Let me back up. Because this, yes, I can tell. Like, your brain is incredible. Like, how you just went from from zero to I just, what I would say is 100. It's not 100, but you know what I mean? First, yeah. let's just talk about the concept itself, single and anxious. What what was the inspiration behind that? Were you single at the time? I was were single you, and anxious. Are you were talking yeah, about yourself. Okay. I was writing a book about being content in God. Okay. Right? And so I had been blogging about singleness for years. Um, and, you know, I, I've always been very, probably a lot more than very transparent about my journey, about my life, about what I've been through, yeah. thoughts. And so I was single and anxious. And so I did come to a place where I became content. And so then when I became content, like real, for real content, if I never get married, it's okay. Like, cool. If I never am in a relationship, God, you really are enough. And so I had uh, started writing a book about it. And so I was really tired at that point of writing a book and blogging about it because I had done it for so long. And so I was like, well, let's make a series and a book. <laughs> right? 
Something wrong with me. No, it's not. Um, no, there's so, no. There's, it is so much right about you. Do not even go there. I love because it was. This. It was just. It was. It was two. It, it served two different audiences. Single and anxious. The book serves the Christian audience. Single and anxious. The show just serves whoever likes to watch. You know, drama. Um, and so yeah, and I was like, yeah, sure. And so that's kind of like how that happened. That's where single and anxious came from. Got it. I the uh, first time I blogged about the topic single and anxious was in two thousand six. Wow. So the beginning of the, the infancy of the internet, really, honestly, before everything started blowing. And so the reason- yeah, I I was on things a lot faster than everybody else. And if I would have stuck with some stuff, not because I wanted to stop, but because of you know bad leadership, um, my life would be a little different. But God is faithful, and so <laughs> Amen to that. So I'm telling you, look. So this is why I went back to that because, like I said, I I love seeing the lines and the process of how creatives get to where they are. Kind of like what you even what you talk about in your podcast. Like, I really do feel like, you know, again, with me coaching now, I think people forget the process is like the, what the, the destination is, the journey, whatever. Like this, The process is the most important part. Right. Instead of seeing like, well, such and such made it to this and, you know, the Beyonce's and the Jay-Z's and the Issa Rae's of the world. Like, and we, 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 and then we, you know, what's funny, and I'm, I'm kind of talking shop again, we consume so much of their documentaries. We love to watch their process yeah. and say, oh, how did Issa Rae get to where she yeah. is? Or how did this actor get here? But then we forget that we're writing our own documentary even while they're doing theirs. Like they get to the end and get to tell the story, but we're telling the story even as you were with Single Anxious, telling the story as you're creating the thing. So you're actually living out the process in front of people. And it's so much more authentic. And people actually, as I'm, I, I, as I can tell now, there was an audience and there were people that wanted to be a part of that process with you. And I think it's so important, again, just to draw that line yeah. for people. So cool. All right. So this is what I want to ask in terms of yeah, that. Yeah, I think. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm none of those people, right? We're none of those people. I can glean from them. I love learning from people. Oh, my gosh. I love learning from them. Um, but I have to, and this is something you have to really do with, yeah, it's an internal work that has to be done. What you personally have is enough, right? right? What you personally have is enough. And I really had to learn that over the years. Yeah, I, I can hear it. And again, that's why I feel comfortable telling you, like, you know, I want to, I want other people to hear what you have to share on that inside piece, as well as how to the how to's, because there are how to's that I want people to get mm-hmm. out of every, every time they come in contact with, with someone like you. So yeah, I wanted to hear how mm-hmm. you got, like you said, from table reads to actually having that film, you know, produced. And can I ask you real quick, just again, one more, one more question about single anxious. Cause I was so, cause that's where I started to discover you and find out about you. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. What was the, was there any blowback? Well, you mentioned your book was for a Christian audience, but, you know, single and anxious. And as you know, you and I are now in this world, clearly it's the mainstream entertainment yeah. industry. It's not just Christian. So did you have any, you know, in terms of your, your faith, in terms of your, you know, working out things, did you have any criti- critics? Did you have any critiques? Did you have anybody who told you no when you started to move into this area of telling a story that wasn't necessarily for the Christian audience? We'll get back to Christina's response to that question in just one moment. But maybe you have also been struggling to find your place in this creative world and you don't feel the confidence that you need. You've got ideas, you've got 
dreams on the inside that you want to fulfill in your creative calling, but you just don't feel like you have the support to do so. And you're not alone. That is a common problem among most of us who have a faith-based background, who have a Christian background, but we don't necessarily have the resources to explore or to go forward in our creative calling. That's why I have created a series of webinars, a series of masterclasses we are calling How to Be a Faith-Focused Creative that achieves massive success in 2021. And when I say success, let me be clear. I'm not talking about monetary success. I'm talking about real creative success, the kind that gives you the confidence in your calling and the tools you'll need to succeed in 2021, 22, 23, and forward. So if you want to be that kind of creative who has the confidence to step forward, who knows how to end the hesitation and frustration you've been feeling and knows how to find the right path to finding your purpose and your destiny and your creative calling, make sure you go to this website. It's in the description, in the notes, but you can also go to godandgigs.com slash 2021 training. Now, if you don't see a class that's available right away, just join the waitlist and I will let you know via email when the next class is coming up and you'll still be able to get a seat. But seating is limited to each one of these masterclasses. And each time we've done it, we have seen such incredible results from the people who have attended. I'm telling you this not because I'm just trying to sell you on it. It's because I've seen it happen. We've had creative after creative come into this masterclass leaving inspired, encouraged, and ready to take on the things that they know God has put in their heart with confidence and with clarity. So once again, godandgigs.com slash 2021 training. Anytime you hear this during the year, if you don't see a class to register for, go ahead and sign up for the wait list and you'll be in for the next class. Now let's get back to this engaging and insightful talk with Christina Faith. Was there any blowback? Well, you mentioned your book was for a Christian audience, but, you know, single and anxious. And as you know, you and I are now in this world, clearly it's the mainstream entertainment industry is not just Christian. So did you have any, you know, in terms of your, your faith, in terms of your, you know, working out things, did you have any critics? Did you have any critiques? Did you have anybody who told you no, when you started to move into this area of telling a story that wasn't necessarily for the Christian audience? No, I no, I don't think so. I think what I had, what I have is someone. So, for example, there's profanity in the new movie, right? What you have is people like there's profanity, and my thing is like you watch Power, get out of here. Um, just in general, right? I think, I think the blowback in the industry is that I'm now marked a Christian, right? Which is, you know, it is what it is. After I talk for a little while, you know, I'm something regardless of you know <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Um. I'm deeply seated in my faith and it's just a part of who I am. And so there's no, there's no going back for me on that. Um, and I think it's, it, you know, it's okay that you are a believer or you are, you know, who you are. And so I don't, I don't think, I think it, it sometimes people limit you by what they think you can do because you're a Christian, but in general, like, no, I haven't really, you know, people are more so once they watch something, they're more intrigued that they actually like it. And 
I'll have journalists who are like, wow, I saw, you know, are you, a, you know, I can definitely see, you know, your Christian faith in what you create. You create who you are regardless. I don't if you if you're in the Buddhism, you're going to put the Buddhism is going to show up in what you make. Yeah. Right. If Whatever you're into, it it comes through whatever you make. Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff, to be honest. Which I appreciate. And I, I appreciate you giving the answer, though, because I think, again, I'm thinking of the person who might be thinking of doing what you're doing. And that might be one of their fears, right? Oh, well, mm-hmm. what are people going to say? And 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 there and then, oh, I, I, okay, should I go here? Should I go here? Okay, I'll go here. Oh, it doesn't okay. matter. Okay. Here's, no, it's not you. It's more in terms of this topic, which I know can get a lot of people riled up. Let's just say there has been a stigma for certain films that are explicitly mm-hmm. Christian and their <laughs> level of quality has been called into question at times. So yeah. maybe I, maybe that's kind of where I'm going, where maybe it's not that you know, people saying, oh, she's making a film that's about real topics. and But maybe it's more yeah. that, oh, you're a Christian filmmaker. You know, we, make which, some real, we make some really trash Wax stuff. Okay, thank you. You said it. I, I can yeah, no, no, I can no, back no. up now. I'll be honest. I, and I tell people that, you know, I was on a Christian radio show and I was like, this is not fireproof. Like, don't don't expect the fireproof. This is not this is not the prayer warrior movie. Like, don't expect that, but you can expect to receive lessons in it, right? Um, regardless of what the lessons are. A lot of the lessons in, for example, Love You Right is loyalty and friendship. Um, a lot of lessons in single anxious is just oh man, there's so many. And single anxious is, is a soap opera. Um, but I think you know we see people's choices that they make. Christians, we have really made really bad stuff, and I think we've and I know why we've made it because I've 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 been the victim of it. You know, I, my first season of single anxious, I tried to do a fake kiss. It looks horrible. It looks absolutely horrible and there's no unless you're doing tricks from the 1930s there's no way to really pull it off and so you have to have conversations with your actors what are you willing to do and what are you not willing to do right are you are you okay internally are you you know are you you know we've had to have conversations with men you know and women hold on she don't want you that's a character right um and so, the, you know, those are conversations that Christians have to have. You know, you have fireproof that at the end they did the little silhouette kiss thing like that. So you make it work. But, you know, it's it's very hard when people get into a character to censor them. And so, for example, Love You Right, I, you know, the original script didn't have any cussing. It just didn't. Right. It had a little might have dropped one F-bomb or something like that, you know, but it didn't. But as we're working on it and we're shooting it the character the actor just starts to spill out things and at first I tried to stop them but then I was like hold on would the character say that because a lot of times we think that what we make is us I am not these characters <laughs> I am not the, the the characters that I'm writing about these are that they are their own people in their own worlds that we've created those worlds and so I just, you know, for me, I've just realized there are some things that I just, I have to do. And there are some things that I just won't do. And so you have to create a, you have to create an invisible line for yourself um, that the Lord allows you to, to realize who you are and what you are. Um, yeah. And so I just, you know, I, uh, you know, it's Christians, we got to stop making whack stuff, but uh, you know, to each his own. Uh, you know, it might be great to them. Well, I love again the key. There's two, so many things I could say about this, and I want to I want to make sure I center on what you just said, which is the invisible line. 
And I think we as believers, Christians, creators, whatever you want to say, I think we like drawing other people's lines for them. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, we draw their lines for them. And then when we they cross, and you may not know, here's the thing. I mean, again, I could talk about this because literally this is my entire topic, you know, as God and Gigs. We started with Christian musicians and secular and playing on, on gigs and tours and both playing behind, you know, the Rihannas of the world and the, and the Jay-Zs of the world. These guys, all church boys, every single one of them, every single band, and uh, and uh, whether it's Adam Blackstone's band or whoever, they're all church guys, every single one of them. And they, they profess Jesus and it will probably preach under the table. You know what I mean? And we've dealt with the same thing in music as, as what you're saying in film. So creative across the board, right? Like you said. And by the way, throw in a little bit, there's been that same argument about Christian music. Why is it that, you know, certain songs and gospel or whatever genre you want to put, why do we feel that lack of creativity? Why do we always hear that every song has to sound the same when it's in church or whatever? So all these arguments go across the board, film, art, art in general. Why, and I believe, I go back to, this is me pontificating a bit, so forgive me. I go back to the Sistine Chapel, Michelangelo. I go back to the days that the greatest artists were considered the artists of the church, Box and the world. You know what I mean? Why? When did we lose that idea that excellence in art was the goal, period? Um, I, I mean, I know Michelangelo was trying to glorify God, but he also wanted to paint a really, really, really good painting and make a really, really, really good sculpture. And like you, you want to make a really, really good film, period. Tell a good story. People are not going to be converted to Christ by watching a bad story. God wrote a book. It's called The Bible. It's a bestseller. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he, it has to be something that's of quality before people will even be interested to learn about what it is. So I love the fact that you've centered on that. Let's just make good stuff. If we make good stuff, people will then see what's inside it, like you said, the lesson. So, okay, rant over. I'm sorry. That was just totally a rant. I, I appreciate you listening to because <laughs> it's an interview about you. So tell me about- No, I think, no, I think, I think it really- it- Part of it, it goes back to, you know, when we think about art, a part of it goes back to our understanding that everything should glorify God a certain way. Right? Okay. Everything should be holy and made separate. But a lot of that comes from um, when the movies were first created, it was um, it was sin to watch them. Uh, right. Yeah. For the church. Right. For the, yeah. Um, yeah. That artificial line for, again. For, yeah, for the church. Theater, right? For the church, it was sinful to watch these things, right? Because they believe that if you watch them, you become them. Um, in some cases, yes. And in some cases, no. A lot of it is has to do, you know, and I think about Show Baraka. You know, he was talking about the Talents in 10th recently. But I think about when they did um, that there was a, a group that Natalie Lauren, Show Baraka, Swoop, they had, you know, come off and created something. And it was just about art. High art is what they called it. High art. Cool. The album thing with the album is called High Art. And it was just like, we just want to make music. We don't want to necessarily put God in every single thing we do, the name of God. And I think we think that we have to put the name of God in everything. But if you are working from your gifting and you're breathing, God is in it. Even if you're a non-believer. Like, even if you, you know, there is some excellency of God in everything, including the devil, right? And I think sometimes we kind of now, granted, it can be used for for evil, right. right? But I think I think we we often, yeah, we go through this this thing. And I remember, you know, G, G. Craig Lewis and all that had us throwing away our CDs and DVDs, which I still regret to this day. Um, 
but it's it's yeah we gotta stop it's, it, <laughs> we gotta it, stop it, it's, it's a shame issue too it's a shame issue. wow okay yeah see okay i have to have you back on because i again each of these topics could be an entire Sorry. no do not apologize <laughs> i love this and i'm just thinking to myself like oh my gosh i want to just stay here but I want to make sure again that we like cover the entire gamut. Like this is like the the one on one kind of thing. If this was a class, this would be the one on one of why Christians and creatives, Christian creatives, need to open their minds. I did an interview with Jordan Rayner. Um, we talked about yeah. this a, a a whole lot about how we have to stop drawing that line, that invisible line we set for other creatives. And again, if you have been called to create music for just the church, then do it. If you've been called to create film yes. just for the church and minister just to the church, then your language will change. But as I've said, yeah. man, I said to somebody the other day, the reason why Peter started cursing right after he got denied, he denied Jesus <laughs> is because he knew how to cuss. He didn't forget how to cuss after three years of being around Jesus. <laughs> And and the idea, we never forget. No, and we are we are in the world, but not of the world. And we got to be able to speak that language without, you know, again, without you know, dismissing who we are. And like you said, what's in will come out. So I do want to talk about the film, though. I don't want to because as this is yeah, this yeah. coming out, um, they will probably be releasing this uh, as people are listening to this now. They probably have had like a little time to find out about the film. So tell me about. Mm -hmm. it. I did my research. I love the R and B type musical. I love that byline. Yeah. And obviously, being a musician myself, I am super interested. And I, it sounds like, and I'm just, by the way, I'm just spitballing here. It sounds like you combined a little bit of the worlds that you came from. It sounds like that the music and the life that you were living yeah. before was informing this film. So tell me a little bit about the film in general, and then just tell me also like your personal inspiration for it. Yeah. So it, I Love You Right, an R&B musical um, or R&B type, depending on where you read it at. Um, is a, a, a story about a fictional character, R&B superstar Will Clay. And um, he's a multi-platinum selling artist. He's coming out with his first album in like 10 years or something like that. And so he's like, can I still be on top? But he also is involved in a scandal. And so we go through a scandal and we figure out like if, if, if the people around him are for him or against him and in and, and what way, if so. And so, yeah, it, it's, it was a great movie to write. Um, me and Marquise had a lot of fun writing this movie. And yeah, I, I combined it. So what happened was I, I was in a room with some Netflix executives and they, you know, said pretty much they told screenwriters, I mean, filmmakers to stop making web series. And I was like, oh, okay, I need to make a feature. And so I figured out why I had to make a feature and it's a licensing issue. Um, they can't license, you know, web series. And so in the midst of that, I'm like, all right, cool. And so I go back to the room and, you know, I involve prayer. Jesus is involved in everything I do. And so um, I'm sitting, you know, in the Airbnb, got my Bible out, got my journal out. And I was like, Lord, I need a feature. And I literally came up with the title of you right immediately. And so I started to think of like my, my top five movies were all musicals, uh, Five Heartbeats, Polly, Annie, uh, the bodyguard, just like all the all the things growing up, I love were musicals. All of them were black, besides Annie. But look, hey, you gotta love the original Annie. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I was like, okay, I get it. I want to make a musical. And so, a part of it is I have a lot of really cool friends because I've been around for a while. And so, Crystal Typewriter Oliver, the first thing I did once I realized, oh, okay, I got I need music, is I contacted her and I was like, hey. Uh, can you write the music for my film? She's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so everybody that I asked was like, yeah, sure. So even you know the 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 the, the movie has a jazz score by um, Christopher Michael Stevens, who's a jazz trumpeter, and we had worked together before. 
and he had said he wanted to score. No one had given him the opportunity to score. I think a lot of people just put him in the jazz trumpeter box, and he murdered the score like it is one of the best pieces of the film. Um, and so I just I just tried to combine all the things that I love and that I knew how to do. Um, when it was time to figure out the how we do the actual musical portion of it, I wanted the the songs to be more like uh, music videos, right? That are embedded in the storyline, yeah. as opposed to being these breakouts. Because I had watched the Netflix show, and it was just so many breakout moments, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, this is annoying." Um, and so, yeah, and so that's kind of like where that came from. Uh, for some of our inspiration was uh, Carmen Hipopra. Empire and uh, Star. Uh, those are the the films that we because they had the they they worked they worked it the same way and so yeah that that's kind of like where we got that. Uh, number one, I again I'm so intrigued by the music. I heard a couple of the parts of the, of the singles, yeah, and I love the production. It's beautiful, but I don't want to get into the whole that. That's my music head coming out. So no, go ahead, you can. <laughs> so what I really what I really appreciate again is. You're number one, starting with the inspiration coming from God, but then immediately saying to me, and I'm I'm not put words in your mouth, you tell me this is right. It's coming from God, but it has to be for people. Like if people don't see themselves in the characters you've created, and you said it yourself about talking to the actors and talking. So tell me a little bit about that process, by the way, because again, this is me being super curious about behind the scenes casting, finding people to play these parts? Like, how does that work? Because it feels like there's so many options and so many, and and then of course during, I don't know when you were shooting before or after COVID, but with all the, all these COVID. situations now, like there's gotta be, and budgeting, all this stuff, like how do you handle, you know, now you gotta make this dream come to pass. So I know you talked about mm-hmm. with Single Anxious. So now with the feature mm-hmm. film, was it different? Was it harder? You know, tell me a little bit about that um, actual process. No, I, I, so Single Anxious was our, uh, it was our pilot way of learning how to do things like we that was a pilot run. I created single and anxious with the desire to figure out how do we get to the place, for example, where we could make a feature. Okay. Right? And so those were, you know, that was a shooting in the gym. Right. Season one summer. So for three summers, we filmed a series and then put it out in the spring. Um, and so that was a shooting in the gym, learning how, how it works, learning what we're not good at, what we are good at tweaking it and all that kind of stuff. So I cast it the same way. I I, off, I always hold casting calls, but I'm a person that I can look at somebody and tell if they're able to do what I'm asking them to do generally. Um, so a lot, like I hadn't, I hadn't met Mark at all um, before we had uh, casted him. Mark is the, uh, the lead and actor, so, right? The lead actor. Yeah, I just saw him on Instagram. We had a conversation. It felt right. You know, he hopped on a plane. <laughs> wow. Um, but, and then when he cop- when he got here, I was like, oh, it does work. Okay. Only thing I was concerned about, because I hadn't seen him walk, right? And so people's walks matter. And so I saw him walk. I was like, okay, praise God. Okay, he has a nice walk. Okay. Um, you know, because that kind of stuff matters. If you ever watch something, some people, if you, a lot of people don't know. Like, if you watch something, a lot, a lot of times they don't show people walking. Right. Because everybody doesn't have a great walk. I saw a, re- a, a actor that has been doing a lot recently and then I saw him walk in one of the films. I was like, oh, that's why they don't let, let him walk. Um, and so, yeah, I think M- uh, Malaya S. Gregory is one of my it w- is my best friend. Um, and so I made that role with her in mind. Uh, Mesa Naima, we had worked on Singular Anxious. And she was actually with me when I came up with the idea of Love You Right. And so I made that role with her in mind. Uh, Rodney, the character played by Don Cephas, I uh, worked with him before, um, and I felt like he had more range that he wasn't using. 
And so we literally made that character for him to come out of his range. Uh, and so, yeah, I think, you know, all of it, we held three with three casting calls, two in Philadelphia, one in New York, and just try to find the, the best people for it. I love it. And the reason why I love talking about the individuals that you met is because I think, again, God is so strategic in the way he puts us in the right buildings. And again, I'm thinking about you as a filmmaker and a producer now. Mm-hmm. knowing, seeing what you need and seeing it come to come to you and knowing that's it, right? It's kind of like the whole um, yeah. so people mm-hmm. passing before Saul and, and, and I mean, that's all Samuel looking for David. And he's like, he mm-hmm. sees all, it's like, it's almost like a casting call for a king. <laughs> and he's looking he's like, yeah. not you, not you, not you, not you, not you. Do you have another son? Oh, David, that's the one, right? Yeah. So I think there's something about mm-hmm. discernment, I think, as a creative to know who's, a piece, mm-hmm. who's supposed to be on the team who's the right person. And so again, I just see as me more thinking in terms of music, you know, picking the right band, picking the right singer, picking the right thing. I see so yeah. much, I have so much respect for you as a filmmaker because you have to see it again before it happens. I can hear it. I can hear someone sing, but you also have to see, like you said, the range. Yeah, you have yeah. to see what mm-hmm. someone can do before they do it. And then when you get behind the camera, obviously there's all the other parts to create that story. I just have so much respect for that process. And so I love hearing mm-hmm. more about how you do it. I want to ask you this, by the way. Um, we talked about the juggling a little bit. How do you see your time? How do you see things evolving now? Like you've got a feature film out. You've got podcasts. Like what's the, you know, is it like the, the next dream? Is like, do you, are you kind of creative? I'm asking, let me slow down. Are you the kind of creative that kind of says, all right, I finished this. I'm going to sit back, watch what happens. Or are you the kind of creative that finishes and before you've like dropped the ball you're already to the next thing like are you already on the next project yeah i'm already to the next thing i'm already working on my second feature um, i've already got two pilots floating around in my head we're in a writer's room for a sitcom so with film specifically the first thing people ask you well the last thing people ask you at an interview is what's next um you you know if the if the lord wills which i pray he will <laughs> Um, and he really, you know, spreads this thing to the point where we can, you know, uh, be more connected in the industry um, and it can skyrocket and propel people's careers. You have to have your next thing. You can't be coming up with the next thing while you're while you're while they see the, that the, the last thing you did, even if it's one day old. You know, people go to Sundance, they carry three scripts in their pocket. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't you can't wait for it. You have to already be on the way to it. And so. I try to create the next thing that I want to live with, that I'm passionate about. I don't really create things just to make them. I've got to be in it um, because you're going to be in it, especially with film. You're going to be in the film for two years. If it's a series, like I'm over single and anxious. The world is not, right? <laughs> so at every interview, if people have heard of single and anxious, even if they haven't seen it, they're like, are you doing a season four? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, and so, yeah, I think you always have to be working towards the next thing, perfecting your craft, learning who you're working with, who you work well with and who you don't. Um, and that's something that I'm, I'm just taking inventory of. That makes a lot of sense. And I love the idea of carrying those scripts in your pocket. And for me, it's funny because thinking about music and thinking about artists who take two or three, five, seven, eight years between albums, you know. You can't do that no more unless you can. <laughs> See, oh, exactly or d'angelo you know what i mean so yeah, yeah yeah those people they they have this idea that creativity should only come when it's when they're ready and i guess maybe if you have star power you can do that but if I you think, have star power you can do that right you're just but starting I, out you you know i have friends my husband and and, and for example tiara who's a brilliant dummy um 
that I do the podcast with, she is a, you should be able to just create, you know, person. And I'm like, yeah, I want to create, but I need to make money while I create. <laughs> like the goal is to, for, for us, the goal is to be employing people, right? Um, on a consistent basis. And so that means that I won't always make exactly what I want. I'll make things for an audience. Um, and I'll figure out in the midst of creating for the audience, what do I want to give the audience? Yeah, no, I love that. And that's so important. I think that goes back to serving. And there's this line between creativity creativity in terms of our intrinsic needs. This is what's in my heart. It's what God gave me. It's what I need to do. And then but if if I'm if I'm really blessed and good at creating pizzas, but the person over here <laughs> is a vegetarian, you know what I mean, or whatever. Like I, I don't know what the right food they're is. They're not going to eat it. They're not going to eat it. It has to be the right thing. So yeah, I know we got to wrap up. Thank you so much for this time. I appreciate you again. I know you have so much more to share. So we'll we'll have to do we'll have to do a part two. But in the hey, meantime, that's fine with me. Exactly. But in the meantime, let people know how they can follow you. The old school folks, they're not going to click the link. Maybe they're going to write it down. So, because <laughs> obviously we'll have all this in the show notes, but tell them how they can, number one, obviously find the film, but also how they can connect with you as a creative, all the other amazing things you're doing. Because like I said, I'm going to be sharing your stuff left and right, no matter what. But let them know how to find you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, you can follow me at Christina Faith on all platforms. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and all those cool things. You can follow the film, loveyourright.com, um, or you can follow, or you can check it out on loveyourright.com, or you can follow us on Love You Write Film, L-O-V-E-U, the letter U, R-I-G-H-T film, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, yeah, you can purchase the film on all platforms. It's on Amazon, iTunes, Roku, any place, um, Movies are rented or sold. It's available. And yeah, if you want to go check out Single and Anxious, that's available on Amazon or Afroland TV. Uh, amazing. Again, we couldn't even dig into everything, but thank you for your time. Thank you for <laughs> sharing so much of your heart and your faith for both excellence, for helping people, for sharing your stories, sharing real stories. And again, that's what we're all about here in this podcast. So I look forward to talking with you again. Sometime we're going to dig in a lot more. But until then, we're wishing you all the best. Godspeed on the movie and everything else you're doing. So thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you. Well, my friend, if you're not inspired and encouraged by that, I don't know what will. I know sometimes hearing someone like Christina Faith, who is so confident and who has stepped into so many things, just knowing that she needs to try it and do what she can and learn on the fly. Some of us might feel like I'm not that kind of person, but I hope you have learned from the processes that she explained how she's walked through this, how she's been able to learn how to fail in front of people and not let that affect her ego. I hope that gives you a sense that you can do the same thing, that you can step forward in your creative gifts, make the right moves toward the things that you know you can have an impact doing, whether it's in film, music, writing, author, anything that God has put in your heart you can step forward and make that change, as Michael Jackson says, right? Look at the man in the mirror and make the changes that will lead you toward the thing that will bless others and bless God because you're doing it with a spirit of excellence. I am so inspired by Christina. Please follow her and all the social media things that are in our show notes. I posted all of her links there. 
So go down there, get the clicking and following. Make sure you check out the film, Love You Right, and the rest of her work, because I believe supporting people like Christina Faith is the way we elevate all of us as creatives and continue to inspire each other to create excellent work, as my friend Jonah Rayner says, for the good of God, for the glory of God, and the good of others. Well, that's our episode for today. I don't think there's anything I could add to that, except once again, make sure you subscribe and review the show. And I cannot wait to share yet another exciting, insightful discussion with you on our next episode. So make sure you're there when we come back for the next one. Okay, until then, take care, be blessed, and continue to become the creative you were created to be. Take care, everybody. Thanks for joining us here at the God and Gig Show. Please leave us a review on iTunes, like our Facebook page, or visit GodandGigs.com and tell us what you thought of this show. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, go create something amazing.